0: dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango and former Blues defenseman, Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. Jamie Rivers, former St. Louis Blue and a member of the on-air staff at 101 ESPN doing the midday show with Anthony Stalter. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the show. How you guys doing? What's going on?
1: You know, hanging out here trying to get stuff working over here and then get you guys going and talk about some blues hockey. It's, it's, it yeah. like, it, it, is it working? No. Like, is it? all right? I don't know.
2: We'll see what It's happens. always an
1: adventure. Jeff gets <laughs> yeah.
2: behind there, and, you know, we're both on the air. Jeff's sitting here probably just having a nap. And right. we come in, and it's like a game of roulette that, every time.
1: You, you not, know what? You're not actually not kidding. About 45 minutes ago, I was napping. Yeah. There you go. See? But,
2: but, but, but here, but
0: here's where we can agree on and let Jeff off the hook a little bit. No.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A little bit. Okay, let's see. A
0: good twenty. 20- well, we'll right. A good twenty five percent of the time it's not his fault. <laughs> there, there is some sort of of demonic something or the other happening in this computer slash board that
2: will so I mean most of the time, yes, but not all of the time. You know, it may or may not has something to do with what he has in the coffee cup.
1: I what about. Well, I don't have a coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm and, just saying. By the way, don't give me too much crap, because without me, you guys couldn't do this part over here unless you watched a YouTube video for about right. three minutes. <laughs> then then you're more qualified. I figured then. out it's, it's hard to click that button with the red circle. Yeah, yeah, but do you even know what that means? I but, don't either.
0: But it's, you don't know, but in all seriousness, like I, you know, in a, a few weeks ago, for the first time in a while, I had to do some, like, self-producing of some components. Commercials and stuff. And I have not done that and, and done that sort of thing. Is it, that your band-aid? Yeah, it's my band-aid. So, oh my Don't God. worry. Don't worry. It's I my band-aid. It was just a random band-aid that got stuck on you, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God.
1: I was just at the local watering park, oh uh, water park, oh and I just. God. I was
2: about to just tap out. Oh. I'm done, boys. No, See you no. later. All right. Well, no, this say, is the look. shortest last-minute booze right podcast of all look. time. Look, it's what? been on since uh, yesterday,
1: so it's about time it goes. Jeff has a boo-boo. Aww. I know. I do. I do. But anyway, back to you. carpet burn? No, I think. I'm not. I'm a professional.
0: I think the logical place to start dudes a lot of people are excited Clem Costin gets the uh the call up today uh from San Antonio and I think that there's a couple of different uh, th- thoughts here one scenarios th- all yeah that. yeah I mean I think the Blues obviously need a body probably for one and for two to kind of see what the
2: kids got Jamie what, do, what 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 do you think here well uh we're fortunate enough to have Doug Armstrong on the show yesterday and we kind of visited this scenario and he just said flat out he said look at we're headed into the weekend. We have to go to Columbus to play a game. Then we're at home against Anaheim, and we're going to need a body. We're we're not ready yet to extend a contract offer to the PTOs, which I know we'll get into. Yeah. So we'll have to bring up a young guy from San Antonio early. And you just you know, basically that's it. The Clem Costin comes up now. They need a guy uh, that would be a safety net in case there's an injury of some kind, heaven forbid, at this point for the Blues. But, guys, I think – This is just a a reward for Mm -hmm. Clem Costin. You know, he's been in the minors for two straight years, has yet to have his first real NHL game. This is a chance for him. I remember this situation as a young guy. You go down, you play hard, you get that token, you know, hey, come on up, play for the big club. You get to have him integrated with the coaches, the players. He gets to see what blues hockey is, what the culture is about, what a Stanley Cup championship locker room feels like. This is invaluable information for a guy like Clem Coston to bring back down to the minors. And now, you know, for lack of better words, you've infected him with this great disease of a winning culture. And now he drags that down to the minors as well. And now guys look at him and they say, oh, my God, that's what it's like. So we better be doing this and this and this if we want to get a call up one day. And if we go up there, we know we better be ready to go. So I think this is really a, a great move. By the St. Louis Blues, Jordan Kyrou's not quite ready yet. He's only had two games under his belt. Three points in two games, great job. But still right. probably got some catching up to do as far as getting back into game shape. So this is great. I think, Klim, I think you'll see him in the lineup, too. I don't see the reason why you'd bring him up and not play him. So I think uh, I think he'll get in against Columbus, and I think he'll get in against Anaheim. I, I read something from a baseball player once
0: that was talking about how once they made the jump from Triple A to Major League Baseball— The meal money, the traveling, (laughs) the accommodations were just a different level. And like you're talking about, he was like, I did not want to go back down to ride in the buses for 15 hours, you know, after I got that cup of coffee. So it's just a great motivator in, in that time to, hey, man, I want to if I got to go back down, I want to be back up as quick as I can.
2: Yeah, I always say it's a. It, once you get a taste of the filet mignon, you'd very seldom do you want to go back to the microwave rawhide that you had <laughs> right. in the minors, you know. And, and that's that's the best way to put it. Everything's the greatest. Uh, your paychecks are much better. Uh, you know, the, the locker rooms, the accommodations, the flights instead of buses, the food. It, it does give you a, a good look at what life can be like, but you got to be playing the game the right way, and especially here in St. Louis. You better be ready to compete and play blues hockey if you want to stick around and get the filet mignon.
1: Just real quickly, we had uh, Chris Kerber on the program uh, this morning, and we talked about how different organizations may have a different level of luxury you're just talking about how the difference between the minors in the nhl huge difference is there a big difference between the way the let's say the new york islanders players are treated by the parent club and let's say the florida panthers team is treated oh, as far as accommodations plane rides hotels quality of yeah. food yeah. things like that
2: yeah trust me there's a big difference from team to team and Sometimes that's a deciding factor. When you see a guy sign somewhere, you're like, why would he sign there instead of, you know, Team X? Because they're a better team. Well, they might be close in, in that regard, but, like, if you're comparing, like, the New York Rangers to the New York Islanders, that's night and day. New York Rangers, I mean, you are treated like a king. You have a chef that travels with you. You have a chef at the rink. You, you have meal plans That are put together for you once a month or once a week, rather. You get a box that's made full of food. You take it home. You freeze it. So every meal you have is prepared accordingly to that individual, to his physical needs, and to a chart that they filled out. Like, that's how extensive it gets from team to team, and then you get other teams that's like, hey, all right, take care. See you tomorrow.
1: I'm putting that in my next contract. I want want a box of frozen food (laughs) once a month.
2: I tried to get a big stapler for my desk, and they said no. (laughs) So I don't know, man. Good luck. (laughs) But, yeah, it does vary from team to team. And that was – it's gotten – the gap for that has gotten a lot smaller over the years because if you don't compete at the same level off the ice as everybody else, you will lose some of those free agents to a bigger, better – program that's providing more such as the rangers the maple leafs bruins like teams that have top dollar and back in in my time and i know you love to hear this but the detroit red wings
1: mm, yeah heard of them were yeah.
2: were that team yeah. you, know, you go there and you know they they were the first team that i played on to where every day we left practice there was a meal ready for us you just wow. walked in grabbed lunch you did your thing and they had two massage therapists they had four
1: trainers they that's had, what i want Screw the frozen food. I want a massage therapist. <laughs> yeah? Yeah.
2: But teams used to have, like, one trainer, one equipment guy, one massage guy, and that was kind of it. You just rode with that stuff. Red Wings, they were the first team I'd been on that had, like, two guys and four medical guys, three equipment guys, and then a dressing room attendant so that, like, if between periods you like a certain – thing ready, or you need tape, or guy, you, obviously these guys pick up on tendencies, you come off for the intermission just like sitting there,
1: waiting for him. Uh, And back to Costin real quick, and I don't yeah. want to get super X's and O's or anything, but if they do play him. Where does he play? What do you expect from the guy? I,
2: I think he fits into one of two places.
1: He's a big guy, right? He's like 6'5", something?
2: Uh, yeah, he's about 6'3". Six, 6'3". Three. Six, three. Six, three. Uh, he's a big, strong kid. Uh, he fits in well, depending on what Craig Berube wants to do. He would fit in incredibly with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. And once again, that's not to say that I'm dogging on Zach Sanford, nothing at all. But if you have to find a spot for Clem Costin to play, it's a pretty good idea to put him with Ryan O'Reilly and, you know, let him kind of learn from what I would consider to be one of the best in the NHL at what he does. Uh, Second option would be to see him go in for Jacob DeLaRose one night. Not that he's played poorly, but that's why you got that guy in the trade is for a depth position. Yeah. Clem Costin could slide in on the line with Tyler Bozak, who Craig Berube said the other day uh, loves putting new guys and young guys with Tyler Bozak because he is so uh, sound defensively. He's so responsible on the ice. He communicates so well with the guys, and he's great at teaching the systems to young guys and new guys. So if you're going to do that, that's where you put him. I don't see him going in on the fourth line. Um, Now, mind you, the more I think about it, I go, you know what? Clem Costin – if you did insert him in lieu of a McKenzie McEchron, that the dynamic of that line changes. It goes from just kind of running around and playing that finish your check, cycle the puck. Well, now you've got a guy who can bury it. You got a guy with an NHL shot. He's big. He's fast. He can do all those things. So that fourth line for the Blues really becomes another third line because kind of the like scoring. Like last year, exactly. Yeah, a different exactly. kind of
1: player, but uh, an offensive player on the fourth line. Changes the dynamic yeah. of the line. So,
2: you know, I, I think everybody thinks he's going to come up and play right away with, like, Shannon Schwartz, because hey, let's replace a Russian with another Russian. Sure. <laughs> that's, uh, not, that's not a, a, not a league works. rule, is it? <laughs> right. I don't think. No. N- not anymore. Yeah. The new CBA that got a league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think you, you have a better chance of seeing him, you know, on, on one of those other three lines, and quite honestly, I think it's time where some of the young guys maybe got a night off not that they're playing poorly, but get a break, get a breather. Mackenzie McKechnie, you know he's done a fantastic job, but you could easily say, "Hey, look, take a break for a game, put him back in, and then switch him off with somebody else the next game." And I would definitely have Clem Costin in the lineup for both of those games. Reevaluate after Saturday to see where you guys are health wise, and also see where your PTOS are at.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask you about that. You, how common is this during the course of the year? It seems like that that obviously this happens when there's a, a rash of injuries. Um, do these guys legitimately have a chance to make the
2: team? Um, what do you think is going to happen with, with with both of them? Yeah, so this it's interesting. Okay, And I, when we had Army on, I asked him flat out. I'm like, look, Army, I've seen this tactic before in the offseason for training camp. I haven't seen PTOs in season. Anytime I've seen that's been where they signed to the minor league team It's usually a 25 game tryout, which could be two games or 25. It's a maximum of 25. They go down to the minor league team, skate, play a couple of games, and if they're deemed to be ready, then the NHL team signs them and it becomes an NHL contract. This is the first time I've seen two guys, let alone one, sign a 10 day PTO, which I guess Army's just put a hard cap on that. It could be longer, I believe, but 10 days, and he's going to make a decision on these guys to practice with the team, travel with the team. And see where they're at. And look, the way it is right now with Steen and Tarasenko out, uh, it's left the team with nobody as far as a healthy scratch. Sure. And I think that both of these guys would be very happy to be on an NHL roster. And they're not going to complain if they have to sit out every couple games, right, or yeah, you know, it's, like it's a, better
1: than sitting out the entire season. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. So,
2: I, I personally believe that only one of the two will get signed. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if both guys get signed. I think, you know, I, I think the uh, the emergence of Clint Coston here and Jordan Cairo as the next week to 10 days go by, I think that will tell Doug Armstrong a lot about whether he signs one of them or both of them or neither of them.
1: And also to their credit or for their camp, as far as that side of it is concerned, there's, there's other teams that are going, oh, wow, Brower's trying out over here, it may help him latch on with another team is, is what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, um, you're not wrong. It's possible. Mm-hmm. The, the hard part with that concept is that he still isn't playing games, right? So it, it's a different story when you have a guy go to training camp on a PTO. Like Scotty Upshaw a couple of years ago went to one place on a PTO and signed with somebody else right. afterwards because they played against him, saw him play, and it was like, okay, great. But he had the, the stage – The platform, in order to perform at a game level, you're not going to get that here. So unless somebody's coming to secretly scout the practices, I mean, I don't see the Houston Astros anywhere around here. (laughs) That's good. good. (laughs) Timely, very good. You know, this this might be kind of
0: of a dumb question, no surprise. But if if one of these two PTOS make the team, does that mean something? Negative on maybe a couple of the guys that are on the long side of the bench, and I'm thinking specifically of like Zach Sanford, who has a tough time sticking in the lineup and doing what they want him to do every game to to stay in there. Does that play into that? At you're all? saying if
1: both guys make it, I mean, honestly, because one. one one they need like right, you said, just one they need body they need, they need a the body. Yeah,
0: but you'd night. still
2: have one guy that would have to be out, right? right. So it wouldn't necessarily be, hey, we're going to sign you, you're going to sit in the crowd until we need you, right? It, Probably have to get him in the mix. But seriously, so let's
0: say, hypothetically, they sign Brouwer. They sign Brouwer to a deal. And then Brouwer plays and Sanford doesn't. Mm -hmm. I don't see a problem with that. Well, I'm not saying that it's a problem necessarily. I'm just saying for for Sanford and his development here, isn't that
2: like sort of a sign of kind of where
0: he's standing?
2: Well, I guess if you isolate one player Mm -hmm. like that, it could be. But I don't think that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. I think that Craig Berube and his staff will be really smart about it. And if Troy Brower is the player, let's just use him for an example yeah. right now, and, and he gets in the lineup, I think there's you know a number of guys, Zach Sanford, Mackenzie McEachern, Jacob De La Rose. even Sammy Blay, if he gets complacent, you know those are guys that you could take out for a game. And then if you have a rotation where you miss one game every five as a young player, it's really not that heartbreaking. It is. Uh- I shouldn't say that. in the moment it is, you feel like crap and you're angry and you hate that, you know, really pissed off. But when you step back and look at it, you're like, OK, you know what? And then also injuries happen, too, along the way. So if Troy Brower gets in and Zach Sanford comes out for a game and somebody gets hurt, well, guess what? Zach Sanford's, Sanford's going back right in. back in and there's nobody that has to come out for a while. So a lot of this is going to work itself out as it's happening in real time.
1: You you say that, you know, you know, it's good to have another body just in case of injuries and stuff. Also just in case a suspension, you bring up Sammy Blay, and maybe I'm just, you know, very sensitive as you guys know I am. (laughs) Clearly. But why why isn't Sammy Blay why isn't anybody talking about him talking to the league with the hit last night with the shoulder and he and he and he lifted up off the ice? Does he have a hearing? No, no, I'm no, not. No, I you were I, trying to say. I'm like, as wait a soon minute. as I saw the hit, I was like, "Oh, well, there's a couple of games. or there's no, a game? That was nothing. Jeff. They, well, they said on on the TV, know, but on they, the talking box, I
2: thought they were overreacting.
1: Okay, all right. So, honestly, well, that, that's my I, question.
2: I'll put it on record. I don't even agree with their assessment of the play. Darren Pang went on to say. Oh well, clearly it's a head. A, I disagree. You know, all
1: I, I all I saw was it was shoulder on head, and his and his his skates were up off the ice. That's when well, I was like, "Oh yeah. crap! Oh like, crap!" If
2: you're going to isolate something, and I know Panger did say this that he's you know he jumped off the ice, that is a problem. Now the head contact, yes, there was eventual head contact, but it I wasn't to me the primary target. And then when you watch it happen, I almost felt embarrassed for uh, Demers because I was like, "Dude." You literally, like, yeah. you got kind of clipped in the side of the head, and then what? both of your legs
1: broke at the exact same time. I th- actually, t- but honestly, though, I think there's a nerve right here. Oh, yeah, here there's a nerve all right. Straight down to the legs, and it just cuts off. It's, conne- it it's to get- connected to somewhere, yeah. but it ain't the legs, okay? You
0: got, you got clipped on the side of the head, and then all of a sudden your two legs
2: got broken. Right, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a, a hell of a hit, Sammy Blake. That's, a, that's a, a chief rolling puck, my dad. That's a thing that he used to say, oh, you got high stuck in the face, huh? Did you break your legs? No. <laughs> you didn't, did you? Why are you laying on the ice? Skate your ass to the bench unless you're dead. Real quick, just um, <laughs> just because I liked him a lot, and I think
0: everybody pretty much, everybody did, including Doug Armstrong, really look forward to seeing Robbie Fabry get to play a lot with the wings. And I really like... He's just one of those guys I'll never, I don't think, ever stop rooting for, man. I I really wish that things could have happened good for him here. But even in the the exit interviews or or the day after Fabry got traded, Armstrong was just talking about how much he really liked him and really wanted to see him succeed. So it's not like dude wore out his welcome or anything. The Blues actually kind of did him a favor by trading him.
2: Well, yeah, you, you look at that. And I went through a very similar situation my last days in Detroit was I didn't see eye to eye with Mike Babcock. Uh, But Kenny Holland had signed me to two contracts there and really had a great relationship. Basically came to, hey, look, Kenny, I'm on the last year of my deal. I need to go play somewhere. Otherwise, I'm done. You know, and I've got kids at home. I've got a family to provide for. So he ended up trading me to Arizona at the deadline, went on to play 20 games here, had a great run, got another contract out of it. So Kenny Holland did me a huge favor. I think getting to your question – is I think Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube did Robbie Fabry a favor here. They, mm-hmm. they knew that, listen, Robbie Fabry, he's got four points in three games for the Red Wings, two goals his first game, and then assists on both game winning goals the next following games. And they've won three in a row since he's been there. Oh, well,
1: thanks a lot, Army. Okay, I'm glad you just did. I that. mean, come on, <laughs> no, two I'm... goals in the first game—you <laughs> oh. got robbed, Army. <laughs> you, how many people on oh, Twitter and the Blues gosh. forums were losing oh. their
0: freaking mind?
1: I was looking to see how much it would cost to replace my phone because I wanted to throw it. <laughs> okay, but you got taken, Army.
2: <laughs> okay, did he? Did he? Did he? Je- Jeff, huh? put the knife down. Right, <laughs> okay, here's why I'm glad that you just said that. Okay, because people have to realize <laughs> that one, Jeff's. <laughs> Special. Um, but two, uh Robbie Fabry was not going to get that opportunity here. He just wasn't. Yeah. So if you put Robbie Fabry in the lineup here where you think he was going to be slotted in He's not going to get those minutes. He got two power play goals in the first game. He wasn't seeing the power play here. He was seeing the press box and the hot dogs up there.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's it, right? So good trail mix up there in the press box. Although you got
2: to watch some people. They don't wash their hands. They died. I apologized. (laughs) I watched Jeff the one (laughs) day. They were out of soap. He was up to his elbow in the trail mix. (laughs) Trail mix, Donnie. That's code for something. Yes. I think. And I'm
0: thankful I don't know what it is. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> sure you don't. <laughs> well,
0: gentlemen, uh, we've, uh, gentlemen, we've got a few emails if you would like to uh, to do some emails from uh, from our listeners, which there are some. Yeah.
2: Which
1: is very nice. What is the address again? <laughs> Last <laughs> minute blues. Spot. You didn't L- write it down L-M-B-B- again. No, I did. He I'm going to – yeah, LMBP at 1057 point dot com. You got it. This Ooh, one coming LMBP at one oh five seventhepoint dot com. Sorry. Recently on
0: this is coming from Kim. Hi Kim. Hey. Uh recently on the Rizzuto show they talked about the inner game things that go on and how some people despise them, such as the wooing and playing Country Road by John Denver. <laughs> I was curious to know if the players notice that stuff going on during a game and if there are any things that they despise as much as some of these cranky ass fans. That's a really solid email from there, Kim. There
1: are <laughs> people that on twitter and I, i'm sure i don't follow them anymore because when somebody pisses me off on twitter guess what i do i unfollow them i just I, novel I, I get, idea i know i get rid of the drama that there are people that are threatening to turn in their uh season tickets over country road get the hell and, out and of crap here. like that dude i don't even like Aren't that song and that's me? ridiculous and it's like three and a half minutes out of your life if they even played the whole thing <laughs> and they don't so <laughs> I, do you hear do you guys hear that stuff down on the ice at all
2: <laughs> sorry this is great um I never knew there was a side of it all. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you hear it, like when the whole crowd is singing "Country Road." And I mean, the the very first couple of times, you're kind of taken aback a little bit, you're like "Oh wow, it's pretty neat." Everybody's singing it. After a while, though, it does get a little long in the tooth, and you're like, "Yeah, you know." But it doesn't affect you. The wooing, same thing. I mean, it is what it is. I don't really care as a player. I'm like, you know what. Have they fun. paid their money. That guy's twelve beers
1: deep. I hope right. he has an Uber. You yeah. know, like
2: that kind of stuff. It's not a big. It's deal. It's not going to
1: make you miss the goal on a slap shot or something. Correct? No. But
2: that, now circling back. Okay. To this, what did why? What did players hate? Okay. Yeah. We hate
1: shoot. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd like, shoot. By the way, we we'd like to apologize. For that.
2: Skate. <laughs> yeah. Really. Thank you. I almost forgot I was supposed yeah. to skate. here.
0: What's what's always amazing to oh, so now shoot it now is and that your power saying?
2: play expertise on when to shoot the puck was much appreciated. Thank you. I yeah. wouldn't have done it without you. Noel
1: from IT. Thanks for letting me know that I should shoot now. Yeah. Appreciate it.
2: Jim in section three
0: oh four. Thanks, man. We appreciate <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> there, was, there was a game last year that Ben and I went to and Petrangelo got the puck. Right in the offensive zone, and I mean as soon as he got into the offensive zone, this guy behind us starts screaming to shoot, and Benjamin is like, they haven't even set up a play yet. I'm like, I know, son, just, you know, it's the 12 beers deep factor, man.
2: It it just, that's the most frustrating thing. You're out there, and, you know, you set up on the power play. You guys know what you're supposed to be doing. You are you know, you're snapping it around. You're looking for some tendencies. You're looking for a shot lane. Because not everybody can see what you're seeing. Like, when you're down on the ice, it's like trying to fire a golf ball through 27 oak trees. It's like, okay, I don't know if I can get it there or not. <laughs> right. But up the guy, I tell you, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should
1: do an earpiece for you guys down on the oh. ice. Then. Very helpful. Yeah. I would oh, yes, sure. so, Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to
2: be able to have a hockey mind like Noel from IT. (laughs) Boy, poor Noel's getting dragged tonight. Uh, Um, I'm sure he's a good guy. He just quit.
0: This (laughs) one coming from Kyle. Uh, Kyle says, hey, guys, love the podcast. It would be awesome to hear it twice a week if possible. We're getting there. You guys touched on the number of OT wins, but I'm curious if you think that this might affect the team later in the season. Maybe the team wears down a little quicker, or since these players are top athletes and not a lot of hitting happens, They just take the win as a win. Thanks
1: from Kyle. Uh, We can do two uh, podcasts a week. You listen to this today. Yes. Wait a couple of days. (laughs) Listen to it again. Listen to it again. (laughs) But do it at a slightly slower or faster speed. (laughs) Therefore, I don't have to come back up here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) But anyway, whatever his question was, what do you think?
2: I've lost track now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. What was the question? Sorry, yeah. I brought the you comedy guys touched heat on the number of OT forgot. wins. I'm yeah, curious yeah. if you think that it might affect oh, yeah. the team later in the season, maybe wears them down a little quicker, mm. etc. Okay. Well, the way it works initially, obviously, is you're giving points to an opposition. Now, it only really matters in your division, but the league does use as a tiebreaker regulation wins. So, if you end up tied with a certain team and they and you same amount of points, but you right now the Blues are on a streak where they have a ton of overtime wins. Well, it comes down to, well, who won more in regulation? Who got more points without overtime? So the tiebreaker would go to whatever team did that. Uh, The second part of it, though, is, yeah, there's not as much hitting as there once was, and it's not as physical, but there's more skating, and it's faster, and that three-on-three is wide open. And so if you look at Alex Petrangelo last night, he plays 26-and-a-half minutes in the game, and, and... Three minutes of that, I think at least three, was in overtime. Mm. So if you do the math here, and Jeff, I'll exclude you. All right. I know how difficult? Appreciate it. Is. I didn't bring um, a pencil <laughs> or crayon. Anyways, uh, when you do, <laughs> I did I ate it. <laughs> that oh, that's what that is in your teeth. Okay, sorry. But if you do the math, that adds up over the course of the season. And so Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Braden Shan, Alex Petrangel, Colton Parako, your top guys are playing more minutes, and it's not like it just burns them out. It does. But when you're worn down at game 42, 43, you're more susceptible to tweaking something, uh, an injury, a groin, a hip flexor, whatever, right? It just opens that up. Let's just take care of business and in, in regulation. Now, are they purposely going to overtime? Right. No, obviously not. Uh, but it would be nice to close out games that you're ahead in, and right now they're giving back points. I think that's the most disappointing is if they were playing catch-up hockey, and bringing it to overtime, that would be one thing. When they have the lead and then they're being caught and having to go to overtime, that's a different animal. You know, you talk about, Craig Ruby talks about, oh, well, wins a win, it was a big win. It was, but it was kind of in the wrong order. You were leading, you lost the lead, then you won. That's great, but it would be better if you were behind, caught up, and won it. This is psychologically sure. this is a little different. Absolutely so. All right, one more email. This is a really good one uh, coming from Nick B.,
0: It says, uh, hey there, uh, Donnie, Jeff, and Jamie, big fan of you, the Blues, and the Point. I don't know if you're a fan of Barstool Sports, but they have a podcast called Spittin' Chicklets with former players Ryan Whitney and Paul Biznasty Bissonette, uh, whom you may be familiar with. Anyway, they just had another guest on who played for a bit in Russia. Whitney had mentioned in the past... Russian gas, which I guess is some sort of concoction delivered via aerosol or IV. Apparently, it's supposed to be some sort of crazy serum that gives players energy and ridiculous strength. I read an article written by Ryan Whitney about how great it makes players feel and how it makes decent enough players, super players, who shoot clappers from the red line to light the lamp. I was wondering if you guys specifically, Jamie, is a former player, if you know about anything about this Russian gas, did you ever play in the KHL or know anyone who did? And do you have any insight to what this Russian gas is? Thanks for reading this. If you do happen to read it, can't wait to hear your thoughts and look forward to any and all future episodes. That's from Nick. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. but Is that legend
1: or is that a real thing? I bet you that's a real thing.
2: Guys, it's real. I played there. I played in before, like the KHL has actually evolved the game over there as far as some more safety and some more, a few, at least a few regulations on things. But I played in the Russian Super League, where every team was owned by either a huge oil company or the mafia. And it was ridiculous.
1: Did you have your choice?
2: Uh, I didn't even understand what can I, can going I go on. oil <laughs> right. I choose oil, well, but yeah, but if you choose oil, then the Mafia comes to get to you anyways oh, because right. they got money on the
1: game. I choose America,
2: yeah, so you got to be careful over there now, the Russian gas is real, oh, it's real. And we had a doctor. Doctor. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Like Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. Dr.
1: Acula, is that his name?
2: I saw him like sweeping the concourse of the arena, and then now he's like holding a syringe in front of me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. You wash hands in between? (laughs) Wash hands. I have so many stories from Russia. We should do one episode alone on Russian stories. I'm down. Um, I'm down. Because there's so many. I don't even want to start to... I won't do them justice just to pick away at little pieces. Right. But to answer the Russian gas question, yeah, it's an IV and they plug you in and they literally put it in there. I don't know if it's blood doping. I don't know what the heck is going on, but it's like euphoric. And and you come out there and you're like, wow, and you feel like you got the strength of like ten men and you can play you can play forty minutes that night and it's crazy you watch these russians now some of them have like arms growing out of the back of their neck oh, man, you know take the good with the bad <laughs> but it, it's good for fights it, it's uh yeah. <laughs> great for ice time um it's weird yeah the russian gas is real i have no idea what it is um,
1: well, it can't be anything on the up and up, or else it would oh, be. Oh, it's here. not. Okay. Yeah. There's a reason
2: right. that the Russian Federation, almost every sport, has been banned from the Olympics. Right. right? Okay. In okay. the last, well, what, like the whole track and field team got banned. Right. Yeah. Uh, their world junior team and things like that got banned for uh, illegal substances in the body. Something's up. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how it, it regulates itself over there. But yeah, it's a real deal, guys. The Russian gas is real and it, you, they present it to you like it's vitamins. Oh, vitamins. Hmm. I'm like, what kind? I don't know. Vitamins. Yeah, I'm okay. Dude, I'll suck today. I'm good. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that wow. just sounds like the wild, wild west. Like, like, Donnie, is... you have no
1: idea. I'd love to have that for Thursday evening softball out in Eureka. I would That's like that. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'd finally go yard. Maybe. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe. Like,
1: like, just... Stand up double at the best. Too, <laughs> at the best. <laughs>
0: Dude, I don't even know. If I got to second base, I'd collapse, most
1: likely. That's what I heard. <laughs> Actually, it's supposed to go the other way, it's not supposed to collapse. It's uh... supposed to. Go the, uh, uh, hey, it's super cold out, right? And I, I started thinking. I grew up when, in an era where, first of all, the world was black and white. We all know that. Make your age jokes. That's, that's fine. Um, but there wasn't as many, and there's not a ton of rinks around now. There was there was like half, maybe even less than half ring. I, I grew up uh, playing a lot of pond hockey, and I don't know how much you did, Donnie, at Man. all, uh, if at all. No, I, don't know. I never have in but my life. Growing up in Fenton, there was a lot of that around. <laughs> Did, I mean, I'm assuming that's where most of your memories are with outdoor. Oh, my God. You know, was it the ODR, outdoor rinks? Yeah. <laughs> outdoor
2: rink. Well, look at Jeff getting fancy. Oh, uh, old, I'm, old, sorry. Old, I'm sorry.
1: I, I follow uh, Beer League Beauty on Instagram. <laughs> that's how I know oh, ODR. Yeah, I bet you're <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a great hockey player. <laughs> yes. He, no, it's actually a female. Uh, oh. Anyway, okay. yeah. No, but no you grew up uh, playing pond hockey and some of your favorite memories from there, I'd imagine, right?
2: Yeah, it was funny. Uh, growing up, we had like every neighborhood had a rink that everybody could go to and whatnot. In our backyard, which was probably the size of this studio, which is not big, I wish I had numbers to reference, but picture it's like a master bedroom, right. okay, in yeah. a- an average economic house in the mm-hmm. United States. I'm talking about Donald Trump's house. Here. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and one time we had, like, freezing rain that happened, and-, and the back of our backyard was kind of lower than the rest, and it all settled, and it turned to ice, I remember my brother and I were out there sliding around and then my brother who's four years old was like I'm gonna maybe we could skate on this. Threw his skates on, and we started skating on it, and from that point on we were like, Wow, we have our own rink now. Now I thought it was amazing. Now picture now the size of this right, room, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was limited. But then we my my old man went and bought like a big rubber hose so that it wouldn't crack or freeze. And we had to go to the basement, turn the water on, water the rink at night then turn it all off, bring the hose in the house and wait and it would saddle overnight. And then in the morning, man, you come we'd put our skates on in the house and, and walk down the steps to the backyard and then just like shot out of a cannon onto yeah. the ice. And we'd play from where daybreak to where we got to the point where we play into the night and hang, you know, one of those lights you hang on your hood.
1: Back yeah, in the yeah, day, like a shop oh, yeah. light almost. the shop like light that, with yeah. a little metal
2: cage over uh-huh. the light bulb. Yeah. We had one of those on like a nail on the back of our garage, and that was our lighting to play at night. And we would just play, 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 and we'd stop playing to go to hockey practice or a hockey game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then come Take back. Take your
1: skates <laughs> off and get the practice. <laughs> yeah, right. and what? we'd come
2: back and get on the ice. And it's some of the best times of my life and some of the funniest too because some days we'd have one of us play goalie and the other one shooting. Well, it hurts, okay? It's freezing outside for one thing. And my brother's four years older than me, so he would wind up with a Colton (laughs) Pareco and like blast me in the nuts with a slap shot. (laughs) And so you'd drop, and then you'd be MFing your brother, and then be a fist fight. There'd be blood, and then more F bombs flying around. Well,
1: sounds like a great time.
2: Okay. The neighbors are right around. Like we've got like chain link fence is what we're dealing with here. Okay, we're not dealing with like privacy estates here. Sure, yeah. And yeah. my dad would come outside and just uh, he'd bang on the window because he could hear us. And gloves would be everywhere fighting, and, and we'd look at him. And then if we were really pissed, we'd just keep fighting and be like. Psst. I dare you to come outside. The right, old man's right. not coming out in this weather. <laughs> right. Then every now and then he came out. We're like, oh damn! Oh, crap. now there's nowhere to go. I got skates on. Where the hell am I going to go? You
1: know? Smarter, smarter than you thought. Yeah. Uh, up the street from me, uh, the Eilermans <laughs> had a uh, an outdoor basketball uh, deal with chain link fence around it, but then like railroad ties around it, and it was a full length court, like a full length court, like McBride Eilermans. Uh, what? McBride Eilerman's? was that man Oh, sorry. John Eilerman's the guy who runs McBride and Sons. Oh, I you were there, about there that. Was, I was a like, oh. the dad's name is John Eilerman, but I don't think the, I don't think it's the same. But anyway, and it was sunken down just a, just a hair to where you, if, when you knew it was going to freeze overnight, we would there was a handful of times we put the garden hose out there, turned it on, but our mistake was not telling Greg and Brad's mom and dad, oh, okay. so we got away with it with a handful of times. And they get the water bill, it really sucked. But man, that was the best because we had. We didn't have to worry about falling through, you know, in a pond, that sort of thing. And we had everybody just come play all day long. I mean, all day long. Difference was in America here, we had the pads on because we didn't want to shoot the frozen pucks at each other and kill each other. You guys didn't have any pads on, it sounded like. When no. You, like when nothing. your brother's shooting the frozen puck at you nuts. <laughs> no. Nothing.
2: Not a mask. not that we had, uh, <laughs> we took a hockey glove. We used it as a blocker. We took a baseball glove as a trapper, and that mm-hmm. was it.
1: You had a stick, and that's you just did Didn't your Did you best. have catchers in baseball that you could have used that <laughs> Yeah, but those
2: gloves were harder to yeah. maneuver. Like You wanted like... I'm talking about, about for catchers, like a, a che- catcher's oh. like chest oh, yeah, protector. No, that wasn't in the river's budget. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay? not that's unless, the outdoor rink. Not right? unless yeah. that thing was thrown in in a garage sale, where my old man threw down like a dollar and uh, got like <laughs> ten different items. <laughs> um, but one last story on the outdoor rink. Dude, this is funny, and, and like I Said, you've met my dad, he's mm-hmm. a unique individual, Donnie. We got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be you, great. Oh, yeah, well, we don't have the FCC to worry about. There, so. <laughs> That's true. Um, we had the back, like I said earlier, we just hang the light on the back of the garage. Well, the back of the garage was butted up against this little rink we had, and we didn't have a net like, talking about catchers wasn't like in the budget. Well, neither was a net, okay? Right. So we would fire balls and pucks off the chain link fence and was starting to
1: bend the fence in half and so your brother must have had the hard shot he did yeah well
2: obviously he's four years older right yeah yeah. but this is where i'm going this is hilarious and my dad came back one time and he's like well you know because we're always whining about we don't have a net dad like he found a spray paint now mind you not even a good spray paint like brown Spray paint. I'm like, what, what were you spray painting that was brown, Dad? Were you trying to make <laughs> fake wood? Like, I don't know what you were doing here, okay? He and,
1: worked at the Brown Malibu yeah, What were you doing? Like, All the Brown Malibus came the, from there. He, he
2: guaranteed he got that thrown in at a garage sale. I'll throw in the brown paint. You got a deal, you know? <laughs> and he comes back shaking the spray paint thing, and he psh, draws a net. There's and your he net. Four circles in the corner of the net. You guys practice and you hit those circles, you'll score more goals. And so we we start doing that, and you know you first shooting the pucks like thud, thud, thud. Fast forward, so if we had like a little time lapse thing here, <laughs> my dad is pulling in the driveway, and as he's pulling his car up the driveway, a puck oh. goes flying over the car into the street because the front of our garage faced the street, the back of the garage, obviously. With the outdoor rink. Right. Well, he makes his way back there, and he looks over, and the garage is full of holes. (laughs) We had gotten so good at shooting the puck that we started, like, smashing the boards, and they were starting to fire through and through the drywall on the inside of the garage. And we fired one, and that's what went smashing through. Right. Went right
1: over the car. and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Another difference would be after the first one went through the drywall, I may have stopped. Right. Okay.
2: <laughs> right. So obviously you talk to my dad on this one. Big Jim comes to the backyard. What the hell are you guys doing? And he looks and he's like... What the hell? What was your first clue to stop shooting?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the first hole.
2: Yeah. He's like, what? So now we had holes on the back of our garage. It looked like somebody had been testing shotguns <laughs> right. back there. <laughs> the drywall was all beaten to crap. It almost hit my dad's car, almost took out a neighbor walking his dog down <laughs> right. the street. Innocently. And yeah. so, yeah, so that was the end of that. And at that point, then my dad... Went and made a side deal. Big Jim was all about side deals. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Went and made a side deal with the local arena that when they got rid of their old nets, uh, he would take one in and we got one. We didn't have any netting, but it was a net. And so that ended the shooting off the garage thing, and we had several months of repairing
1: that. Well, Yeah, I was going to say, tell me, please, and, and your brother, if nobody's – you may not know him from the NHL, but your brother played many, many years of pro hockey. You guys, I'm assuming – Helped out dad fix the house around uh, here a little bit, right? Well, I mean, yeah. Look, know, we little... we
2: were the hired help growing up, and then you know, look when we got older. Um, when I find, signed my first contract, I bought them a house. Oh, okay. Oh, there you yeah, go.
1: Man. Man. So, yeah, man. So great of a feeling so I had to buy them a house because the garage ass. was crap. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> damn near tore
0: the thing down.
1: <laughs> wow. That's that's another thing to explore at another podcast is buying your freaking parents a house. Dude, that's, you imagine? that's,
0: ama- that's amazing. Well, listen. Wow. On the things to do agenda is to get Jamie to tell us KHL or uh, Russian stories, yes, uh, Super yeah. League stories. So we will do that. But listen, thank you very much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, email us, let us know, Tell us, send us emails. We love answering your emails, and uh, we have a really great time doing this. So if you know somebody that's a Blues fan, share the podcast with them. We'd love to. Uh, yeah, we've got a former
1: NHLer here. Yep. Uh, that we can pick his brain about. Whatever, he, we're sitting in cheap seats going, hey, well, what about that? We can ask, you know what? I forgot to ask. Oh, damn crap. it anyway. Can I th- you throw No, absolutely that? have to. Why do these referees have to fake drop the puck and then kick people out? If you just stand, go over there and drop the thing, we can start playing. <laughs> right. Well, what happens is the good refs, they get in and they get out
2: of there, okay? They get in and they drop the puck and they go, there's no worrying about the setups. The, the experienced guys will be kind of out of the dot And then they'll look around at the surrounding, make sure everybody's set, and they'll kind of glide into the dock quickly and drop the puck. All one motion, right? All one motion. Yeah. Now, the inexperienced guys, or the heroes, as we'd like to call them, they'll sit in that crouched position and look around, and as they're going to drop it, do one more shoulder check, like the pitcher who takes forever on the mound. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's that guy. And so then you're sitting there, like, on the balls of your feet as it is. You're trying to get going. And then he kind of does one more look, and you're like, yeah, and you jump through the circle, and then he's like, okay, next guy. But they don't necessarily fake the puck drop, but as they're looking around, the puck will move, and the two guys that are so in you're there... So at,
1: you're at the starting point waiting for the for the tree to go to green, and you're starting to lean, and then he kind of hiccups. Totally. It's yeah. like... So if he would just glide in, drop the puck, we'd be fine.
2: Yeah, so you're a dog guy, uh
1: huh? right? Donnie, do you have yeah. a dog? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So
2: dog guys, I'm a yeah. dog guy... Uh, picture playing fetch with your dog and you got the ball and you throw it like three, four times. And then the one time where you throw it, but you don't throw the ball. Well, well the, the dog, dog still nuts runs, right? where yeah, the yeah. Hell, Where's the
1: ball? Where's the ball? Dude. Same yeah.
2: concept. So if you do the same thing where you, every single time you're rolling it. And then the one time you roll into the dot to drop it as a ref and you look a shoulder check. Well, Hey, wait, where's the ball? <laughs>
1: Right, we're uh, ready for the ball. He's so, son of a bitch. So you're like like stealing a base. You're just waiting for the the ref to move a muscle one more time, and you're going after the puck. You're waiting. And he screws with you, and then you're across the line, and he kicks you out.
2: You'll get this probably more than Donnie. Well, no, maybe not. But specifically up your alley is it's all about how quick the release is. Oh uh,
1: yeah, that is true. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, so far, one thing nope. that's become very
0: apparent in the Last Minute Blues podcast is when we need to be done. Yep. And I believe <laughs> that that puts, a- in,
2: that, <laughs> that puts a bow on it. <laughs> I guess it la- I'm going to timeout now. <laughs> Bye.
0: It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, thank you so much for listening. Go Blues! The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.
1: Peloton, let's go!